Welcome to Perfectly Adequate, the podcast that tells real-life stories that show you how we got from here to there. Hello, this is Eliza. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> Wait, no, that was weird. Start again. <laughs> what do you mean it was weird? What was so, weird about it? Okay, I just don't want to say hey at the beginning of mine. I just want to say I'm well, Sarah. Well, I don't want to say hey then. <laughs> but then it's just weird because then we just start off like, I'm Eliza, I'm Sarah. Okay. Here we are. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let me think of something. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So I listened to this one podcast. It's like really popular. So it's not like this podcast. But anyways, he always, he like surveyed his listeners of what they would like to be referred to as. And that's how he always starts it. If anyone has something they want to be called. Yeah. Do you guys have a like, like, do you want to be called like y'all or humans? Like <laughs> humans or hey there, hi there, ho there. <laughs> Um, but okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Eliza. <laughs> I'm Sarah. <laughs> and here we are back at Perfectly Adequate. Episode four. Oh, episode four. Oh, yeah. Episode four. I was really perfectly adequate this week because I found out on Monday I have the flu. Uh, rip. Rip. Uh, that was almost a week ago now. So that's good. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling a lot better today, thankfully. For like three to four to five days I just felt really bad oh and it hung on for quite some time but it didn't help that I went to Texas uh for a few days not knowing that I probably had the flu then so I'm really sorry when I went to the doctor they gave me this sick COVID flu combo nose swab oh fun I actually got to visit the doctor's office on Halloween so that was fun they were all in really fun outfits was it spooky Nope, not spooky at all, but they did all dress up, which I really appreciated. And my nice doctor lady had, like, a cheetah shirt on and, like, cat ears. And she was like, it's perfect because when I talk to someone like you, I leave the cat ears on. When I have to talk to someone about a scary CT scan, I take them off. When I have to talk to my boss, I take them off. When I, like, she was talking about how she could dress the cat ears up or down, depending on the situation. I was like, that's perfect. Okay, so I have the flu. This is great news, but... Thank you. Did she take the cat ears off for that one? (laughs) (laughs) No, she just, like, went for it. She was like, you have the flu. I was like, cool. Yeah, so I'm thankfully feeling a lot better. Good. I have a question that I was going to ask you before we launch into our, our thing here. Okay. Where are you at in terms of, like, what's your opinion on... Christmas decorations, post Halloween. <laughs> when do you do it? Oh, I love Christmas so much, and I love Christmas decorations. It's totally passed down from my mother. She loves Christmas. Um, but I don't know. This year might be earlier than ever because I just really feel in the spirit. You know, I uh, went into Target, and the dollar section really spoke to me. I bought some little glass trees that nobody needs, and I was, yes, I'm really feeling like I want to put some stuff out soon. So. That's my opinion. My dear friend, Kelso, that I lived with in college, she would she's going to feel this on a molecular level. <laughs> but <clears throat> I was famous for leaving my Christmas tree up forever in college because it's just so warm. Like, I love the warm lights on it, you know. And it was a fake Christmas tree, just so to be clear. It wasn't, like, you know, whatever. But uh, Not the I would, fire hazard kind. <laughs> exactly. I would decorate it with, like, red bulbs. And then it was perfect for Valentine's Day. You know, and then after Valentine's Day, it was like, well, now I just have a nice tree. So 
I love Christmas decorations so much. That is so true. I forgot about that, but like I remember senior year, whenever I was feeling anxious or depressed, and I'd go to your apartment and I'd see your Christmas tree, I'd be like, you know what? It's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's just like such a warm. It's just warm. Yeah, I always get really sad like when we take it down because it just doesn't feel as cozy. You know, I love cozy. Definitely mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Well, you know what, Fair, I think I'm going to hop on the early Christmas decor train this year, too. I think today I'm going to put, I have multiple Christmas trees, and I think I'm going to put my office tree up today. Ooh. Well, today we're going to talk about boundaries, and I got a definition here. Sweet. Boundary is the definition that Google gives, plural, boundaries. It's a noun. A line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line. The eastern boundary of the wilderness. This one's not even a complete sentence. This is just pulled right out of a sentence. But there's also another definition of it, which is a limit of subject or sphere of activity, which I feel like applies to probably a lot of what we're going to be talking about. Right. The phrase for that definition, it's it's not a sentence. It's just a phrase. A community without class or political boundaries. Wonder where that came from. (laughs) Huh, that's fascinating. The sentences always are just so weird to me that they choose these definitions. So that was the the definition. Is that from like the Google machine? Yeah, that's from Google. Okay, so one definition. <laughs> I just realized I typed it out, and it has a typo in it to the point where I don't know what it was supposed to say. <laughs> um, so it currently says a boundary is a limit or edge that defibrillator you as separate from others. <laughs> Would it be defines? A boundary is a limit or edge that separates? No. That, that. I don't know. I don't know. Cut that part out. Gosh. So <laughs> a boundary is a limit or edge that fill in the blank. <laughs> you as separate from others. Comment below to fill in the blank for us. <laughs> oh, man. That could have gone better so sarah what does this word bring up for you yeah i i thought a lot about sort of i guess boundaries in in my life and i kind of realized that i don't think i was ever really aware of what a boundary was or how you should apply it until you're like oh i need to set some boundaries in this part of my life, or I need to do this in this part of my life, which, I, you know, is fine. I'm sure there are a lot of people that also discover that they need boundaries, but it's sort of like opening Pandora's box. Like, if you are one way for a long time, then how do you sort of reel it back in and start setting boundaries? So that's sort of what I thought about when I got into this word. Yeah, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I also think one thing that's interesting about that is just that if you are a person who has struggled to or has not set boundaries in multiple areas of your life, it's not only is it like a learning curve for you and it takes time for you to learn how to set boundaries, but everyone around you has to adjust. Yes. Because you might have people in your life that are boundary pushers. They don't, they might not know that. They might know that. Or your family or your friend, everybody has to adjust, right? Creating and maintaining boundaries it has a lot to do with being assertive. And if, if you're not an assertive person and you start to become one, that's like shocking sometimes to other people. 
Absolutely. And it probably, I mean, you know, depending on how, in, in what circumstance, how aggressively you need to assert a boundary in order to maintain your mental health or maintain, you know, your physical health or whatever, it can probably come off as pretty, sometimes even rude, I think, to people if they're used to being able to you know, sort of walk all over you. If you're, they're used to you being a doormat. If you start putting up boundaries, they might be like, wow, this person is not the same person when really you're just trying to protect yourself and, and protect your needs. Right. So do you feel like you are at a point now where you're able to set boundaries or have you been on like a, a boundary journey? Yeah. I, so, so to answer that question, I think that I am on a journey of discovering where I need to put up boundaries in my life. Um, I'm definitely not a super assertive person, so I've never wanted to hurt anyone's feelings by putting up a boundary. Like I've, I've always wanted to, you know, do whatever I can to make people happy. I'm a people pleaser. But I did see a quote. This like is me. Um, it says, work on your boundaries because you can't be everything to everyone and nothing to yourself. And that is very much, I think, a pattern that I fall into of like, I try and be everything to, for everybody um, at work, at home, at, in my marriage, um, being a dog mom. But like, I am nothing to myself. I have consistently put myself and my needs last. And I find too, a lot of times if I ever get frustrated and I do the things where like I actually literally throw my hands up in the air, I literally say that. I'm just like, you know, okay, whatever. It doesn't even matter what I need. I'll just drop everything right now and do this for you. So then you can be happy. But usually if I, if I do something along those lines, I end up feeling really guilty about it. So I was reading um, this thing that said 10 signs that you lack personal boundaries. And I'm just going to sort of read some personal ones here that I think maybe a lot of people who are in the same boat as me might resonate with. So 10 signs that you lack personal boundaries. One, you fail to speak up when you're mistreated. Two, you give up way too much of your time. Three, you agree when you actually feel like disagreeing. Four, you feel guilty for dedicating time for yourself. Skipping one, six, you have chronic fear about what others think of you. That's a really big one I struggle with. So talking about where I lack the biggest boundary in my life, because a lot of things that I lack boundaries in are, you know, very manageable. I don't think that I have maintained relationships that are people who don't respect any type of boundary. Like I feel like I have not had to actively pursue setting boundaries except for in my professional life when I started my career and I was trying to think a lot about why this is um it comes from just always wanting to do a really good job so I'm a yes man for sure and I quickly sort of because I was you know had the mentality of like I need them way more than they need me. So I'm going to, you know, work as hard as I absolutely can. And and that's true. I mean, I, man, I, the first year that I worked at my company and I was just working like crazy because I said yes to everything. And I think, and I don't know if, if you felt this way when you started your job, I just never thought of what I wanted my work 
to look like in my life. I've also never really had, I guess, a really good work-life balance. Work in school, um, work in extracurriculars, like all of that has really bled into my personal life. So I just sort of thought that my job would also do that. And I come from a home where my parents both really like they're professionals that really value their careers not value them to a point where they don't value anything else but like I would say that my parents both find their jobs to be very important and they wouldn't want to lose that and I think I saw that example and just like man I really want to be as good as my parents are and I want to be able to hold uh, you know, high positions in things and, and achieve great things. And I think I associated that with just, okay, well, I'm just going to do whatever my job asks me to do mm-hmm. and say yes to everything. And that led me down some really, you know, some really tough paths. And, um, you know, we're still here five years later and I, I'm really struggling to, you know, sort of pull it back, put, put, Pandora back in the box and be like okay I definitely I can't work until I can't work until eight tonight because I said that I wanted to do this for myself and I you know and I don't think that I necessarily receive pushback from my employer I think it has a lot more to do with I receive a lot of internal pushback from myself of like well if I don't answer these emails or I don't get this done today I'm letting these people down. Or if I don't do this today, somebody's going to be mad at me tomorrow, which I have no actual proof that that is true. I think my biggest thing here, and you know, I don't have a ton of, I guess I don't really have a ton of advice because I'm still working through it, but I think that if you are somebody who's listening and you are struggling with the same problem or you are about to enter into your professional career, I think that you should take some time to really think about what do you want your work-life balance to look like? What do you want your professional career to look like? And how do you achieve having a, a career but also not sacrificing all of your time so that you don't become your career? You don't lose all your hobbies, all your friends, all your time because you want to have a successful career. So um, it's way easier to define that off the bat than I think it is to try and pull it back, you know, right. once once it's already done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up so many good things. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel for you. And um, yeah, I think it is a really common thing. I think one thing you said that I think is big of you to admit and it's harder to admit than the opposite is that it's more about you than it is about your employer and i think that's oftentimes the case for a lot of boundaries i think that we think that someone else is expecting something of us and we're Mm -hmm. we're trying to meet that person's need or desire without ever actually thinking about ourselves, or we're almost using that as a way to place blame in terms of well I have to do this because my employer says so. And I think to, um, you know, I think there can definitely be, I mean, boundaries have gotten to be quite like the hot topic um, recently. I mean, I don't, I feel like for a long time that wasn't even talked about, um, which I think is great. But I think too, it can be overextended, you know, like you can, if you have a boundary that you never take work calls after five and there's a work emergency after five, like you don't have to lose your marbles. Like you aren't giving up yourself to to take a work call after five every once in a while if you, if you have to or whatever. 
I think boundaries are really good. I think so many things that you said like resonated with me in terms of just more so what I've watched other people walk through. I think one thing I wanted to say to you is that uh, just a reminder and anyone else that struggles with this is that your inability to set boundaries, I don't think says as much about you as some people might think it does. So I think a lot of people that I know that struggle the most with setting boundaries are some of the kindest people I know. And in some ways, maybe I've associated them being kind with their inability to set boundaries to themselves. They're also like genuinely just so kind. And I think um, I was at this leadership conference recently and someone said something and the woman leading it said, where did you learn that from? And he was like, what? And she was like, where did you learn that ability? Where did, where did you learn how to do that? And it was something about caring for people at his work or whatever. And I think that's so true of everything in our in our lives. Like you kind of pointed to this with viewing your parents and, and the amount that they worked, not necessarily that they overworked or anything, but you viewed them, you associated a certain amount of time with them working with success. And so where did you learn that you should work a long time? Like from somewhere, from some observation, from something in your life that you associated, I should spend more time doing this because it will be better in some way, right? And um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people that end up struggling to set boundaries, like either didn't have a good example of what it looked like or something led them astray at some point in a way that caused them to not set boundaries. So I think I have another friend who's walked through really making a big shift in her life of not setting boundaries to setting boundaries. And I think that it can be easy to like look at yourself and be like, oh, why am I so bad at this and whatever. And I think there's like a lot of compassion to be had for self in the process of learning to set boundaries because it's like learning a whole new skill. It's like anything. It's like a whole new language, you know, for yourself and how you live your life. So no, it definitely is. It's it's one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't perceive other people saying no to me. And I encourage people, especially at work, if I am assigning a project to somebody last minute and I say to them, like, I want you to be honest with me. Is this something that you can handle today? I don't perceive them telling me no as them being mean to me or them wanting to sabotage me. So why do I assume that if I said, no, this isn't realistic for me to do today, that I assume that they're going to be like, wow, Sarah's really mean and she's not a team player. It's all just perceived by us. And I think, too, the more sound you are in yourself, probably the easier time you have setting boundaries because you see yourself as worthy. You see your personal time as being worthy. And I think personal, like building up personal confidence, I think would help me to set boundaries because there's a lot of things that I've realized that I have never, I've never really valued about myself anyway. Um, so sort of learning about that is interesting, you know? Yep. That's a good word, Sarah Dog. Thank you. The first thing that I wrote about boundaries was a hot take, which was, <laughs> I think the reason that many people struggle to set boundaries is because they have not defined their why or they don't actually know what they want. Yes. And so to further go into that, you, you basically said it, but I mean, the work one's easy to talk about, but if, you, if you're working a lot of hours and you think to yourself, I want to work less, I don't think that's a good enough why. So why do you want to work less? There's probably a really great reason for you want to, why you want to work less. You probably want to do more things for yourself. You want to spend more time with your spouse. You want to 
um, spend more time with your friends. You want to explore different hobbies. And so if you haven't taken the time to define what you really want to do with that time, I think it just doesn't become important enough for you to actually make the work of setting the boundary. And I think you can also like continue the why down. Like if you're like, I'm working so many hours and I want to work less hours to spend more time with Jake, Sarah's husband, Jake. Okay. So you're like, that's my why. I want to spend more time with my husband. Okay. Well, why do you want to spend more time with your husband? You want to have a healthy marriage that lasts a lifetime. That is a why worth holding on to. And when you think of it in perspective of that, you're like, oh, I could send emails for two more hours or I could spend more time with my husband that results in a healthy lifelong marriage. And that's like, whoa, right? Like that's yeah. so much more important. But if you don't take the time to think about that difference, it never it never like impacts you in the same way. That's that's so true. And I think too, people would be surprised by I mean, yeah, there are some crappy jobs out there that maybe wouldn't <laughs> uh say like, oh, I hear what you're saying. You have way too much work on your plate. I think more times than not, people would be surprised by their employer being like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. Like, what can we do to fix this? I, my employer says <laughs> says that to me a lot. She's like, please tell me. I can't fix it if I don't know. Right. Which is so true. Like, if you if you want to spend more time with the people you love, but you physically cannot get the amount, like, you have work that you need to get done. You can't get it done by the end of the day. Yeah, you probably need to tell someone that you you just have too much work to do. <laughs> That's okay. Right. That's okay. Yeah, I, I totally think, I think we're moving in a good direction in terms of the workplace, in terms of boundaries and healthy things for people. Because I think the world, America is starting to realize that like more time put in doesn't necessarily mean better work or more work. It's just not the case. And I think, um, yeah, I think that uh, more boundaries are being respected. And I think too, there's just, uh, there's too many places to work at where you don't have to, to work so many hours <laughs> there's too many places to go there's too many there's it's too easy to get a new job to to like deal with stuff like that so i think that that's shifting which i think is positive but with your like list of things about uh like failure to speak up giving up your time which one is there one of those that you feel like is resonates the most with you definitely giving up way too much of my time. Okay. I will be the first to to say yes to something, even if it means sacrificing my personal time. You know what I mean? And I could think of many, many, many instances in and out of work where I will do that. If it means helping somebody else out, I'll gladly like put myself on the chopping block <laughs> to help someone else. Right. Which again is like, it's such a great thing. Like, you know, at the heart of it, it's a great thing. It's just like defining what works for you so that you can help people and also not feel like at the end of the day, you're just like a mush ball of like, because right. you just gave away all of your time to other people and didn't take any time to do things that you wanted to do. Yes. <laughs> so I could sort of segue to, I I told Sarah, I I could talk about this forever. I feel like I don't struggle with setting boundaries very much right now in my life. It was not always the case, as I feel like it would be for a lot of people. If you follow the Enneagram situation at all, 
I happen to fall in the eight category, which I feel like you can do two things with the Enneagram. You can look at it like a horoscope (laughs) and you can let it tell you what you are or you can use it as a tool. I think that I identify with some of the stuff of an eight Enneagram. Like I am naturally more assertive. I think I have been a lot of my life, but that again, there's been like a lot of growth there. But I feel like I would love to like help people be more assertive and set boundaries in their life in whatever way I can. So maybe this is the start of that. I don't know. Yeah, I just think there's so much to be gained from a woman who knows what she wants, is able to be assertive, is able to set boundaries. Like, I mean, there is from men too. And I think men are naturally better at it. That's a stereotype. Okay. But I think... But I think you're right. Yeah. I think... I don't know. I mean, the men I know are are way better a lot i just don't like stereotypes maybe i should stop dropping that that like men bomb but there are a lot of men in my life that i feel like i can look to as an example for how well they set boundaries and are assertive and my family is is in that category um so i also realized like the whole where did you learn that from like I feel like I've had some great role models my brothers and my parents and what have you for doing those things Um, and so maybe that's where I learned it. I don't know. But I also wasn't always like this. So probably like, I mean, in high school, I mean, high school, middle school, you know, it's like such a time, but I, (laughs) what a wild time that is. But I just, I really wanted to be liked. Like I really wanted to be liked. And I felt like I didn't fit in, you know, probably a lot of this was internal, you know, angst, you know. But yeah, and I made a lot of like poor decisions based off of that. I mean, I, I dated people. I had friends I shouldn't have had. I, it's all sorts of things I shouldn't have done and people I shouldn't have hung out with. And <laughs> I mean, that totally bled on in my life, you know, like that. Yeah. Whatever. And I, I started reading a lot of self-help books <laughs> <laughs> in like high school, college. And I also, I mean, I went to therapy. And that was like so helpful. Like shout out to therapy. There's just so many things to learn, you know, and it relates to that. And I just really loved learning it. Yeah. So I guess here we are today. I feel like I'm a pretty assertive person. I can almost go too far in the boundary scale or like there's a fine line between being assertive and aggressive folks. And I can cross that. And I don't wanna, no one wants to. It's not a good thing. So I think a lot of times too, like with boundaries, I can get too harsh. (laughs) I can say to Austin, I'm going to spend an hour on my homework, then I'm going to cook dinner. And I'll be working on my homework. Austin will come in here to ask me a question. And I'm like, I am doing my homework. Like poor Austin just came in here to be like, how are you? Do you want some water? Again, my husband is so sweet. And I have set such a boundary. Like, and I've sort of, I mentioned this previously, I can be a freak with my time. So I can be the opposite side where my boundaries are too harsh. Like, Mm -hmm like live a little relax like you don't need to be productive every moment of every day so i can almost waffle on like the other side of that but i think either way it's still about setting boundaries like you just gotta see boundaries should like i think all boundary well also just life motto that all boundaries can be wiggly like i just don't oh yeah i'm not like i'm very much like a gray type of situation you can gerrymander those boundaries oh yeah like just do it up you know like it can be it can be whatever. But I also think, like, I've also had things in my life that had allowed me to have less problem with boundaries. My first job out of college, it just, it wasn't, it didn't require me to work more than my work hours. And it wasn't, and it was a very friendly, positive workplace. And my current workplace is same. You know, I have a lot more responsibility now than I did then. Mm-hmm. And so 
there are sometimes like and I I manage some people that sometimes require me to take phone calls and do things outside of eight to five and I don't I mean who wakes up wanting to do that like I don't think anybody does nobody's like you know what I want to do today I want to take a phone call from someone that's upset at 6 a.m you just don't but like that's part of my job and I'm not like you know it's just like not everything's pretty it's just not no matter what job you have it's just not so I try to like Friday by five I'm done I try to not be on again or look at work email till Monday at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's all about habits too, right? So, like, I built that habit. I just don't do it. I'm not like, oh, I really want to check work email and see what's going on. Like, it does, I don't even think about it. But sometimes that's required. Like, because also sometimes during the week, like, I might have been, had a doctor's appointment or something came up where I didn't get all my work done and I might have to work more. And that's okay. That's good. Whatever. But I also, like, I don't strongly associate the amount of time spent on something with what I can produce. So I'm always trying to look at, am I producing good work? Am I doing the things I need to do? That might take me 50 hours this week. It might take me 20. I mean, not really. It never only takes me 20. Like, also, I'm not going to go to my boss and be like, hey, (laughs) my job only takes 20 hours a week, so bye. (laughs) But I think, um, I think that, uh, I think a lot of jobs can be like that, you know? And it's just, that's okay. But the problem is, like, if you tell yourself, uh, if you tell yourself it needs to take more time. I think that that's such a good point. I've in, in my, like, putting up boundaries at work journey, the last couple of months, I've really focused on when are the times of day that I am productive. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't sit at my desk from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. because I definitely do. However... I just know that there are times of day that I am much more productive at like getting the tasks done. Yes. Whereas there are certain times of day where I'm much more easily distracted. But like, you know, I've found that I really value morning time and I'm very productive in the morning. And then there are a couple hours in the evening that I'm very productive. And then the key to that is, you know, has been setting the boundary of like specifically in the morning and evening, I am doing this because I want to. I am not doing this because my job requires it of me. When I think that when it comes to that point, when you're like, no, I literally have to work 70 hours every single week because my job requires me to do that. No, if you feel like you're going to have a better day, you're going to be in a better mood, you are going to actually get ahead if you work a couple of extra hours in the morning or night because you're more productive in that time, you should do that for yourself. It makes me a lot happier at least. Right. I love that. So I read this. I bought this book at an airport. It spoke to me. It's called At Your Best by Carrie. Ooh, uh, I can't pronounce this last name. Neewolf? I don't know. N-I-E-U-W-H-O-F. Its uh, tagline is how to get time, energy, and priorities working in your favor. It talks all about what you were just talking about. What are your priorities and when do, when are you best at accomplishing them? And then he talks about, you know, he like has like a green zone, yellow zone, red zone in terms of when you have the most energy and basically putting all the tasks that don't require as much energy and the time when you don't. I have been trying to implement like a lot of his ideas from the book and it's really good and I, I was significantly more productive. It was amazing. Like when I started wow. to do the things that were hardest in the time of the day when I had the most energy, game changer for sure. Would recommend the book at your best. All right. I'll put that somewhere in the world. Love that. So um, I think more so <coughs> in your adult life, you start to recognize that in order to be a happy and healthy adult, you have to 
be protective of your time because it's very easy to get sucked into the parts of your life that are maybe not as much fun, but they are required. For example, cleaning your house, paying your bills, maybe going to your job is not the most fun thing for you, but they are all things that you have to do. So what are you going to do to protect the time that you don't need to be doing those things and make those the best that they can possibly be? Right. Right. And I think too, like, I feel like there's kind of, not that there's just only two groups of people, but like you, you either have a harder time having fun or you have a harder time working. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I have a harder time having fun. Like, and I don't mean work just in terms of like going to work. I mean, like, I'm constantly like, ooh, I have this business idea. Ooh, I'm going to record a podcast with Sarah. Not that, I mean, recording this podcast with Sarah is like, it's so much fun. I don't know if you call it work, but... I get what you mean. Like our definition of fun is like, I have to make some to-do lists or I'm going to make like content lists. Like how much fun is that? How much fun is that? So yeah, like it's, it's much harder for me to just like chill, like chill, like just relax a little. You know, it's harder for me to do that. Where I feel like some people, it's literally like they're chilling often and it's like "Ah, work. I'm like, ooh, you know? So I feel like that, um... (laughs) just interesting because I feel like I need to schedule more fun which for some people they're like scheduling fun I'm like no if I don't put in like fun on my calendar I won't do it oh I'm not I am not joking when I tell you that I like on the weekends in order to get things done I have to make a to-do list and literally (laughs) I put things that I want to do for example I will put go to Ikea spend time with Harper. Like those are fun things, but if I don't put it on there, I'm like, well, I had a terrible weekend. I didn't do anything. Like right. I didn't do anything fun. Yeah, but because, yeah, because you could fill your to-do list with like clean the toilet, clean the basement, um, rake the leaves. And it's like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, I was busy. Everyone's like talking about their fun stuff and you're like, oh, what? And then you're like, wait, I could have done that. I just didn't. I think if you're new to boundaries and you feel like and you feel like you're not in charge of your life and your time, you can do it at any time. Yeah. And you're totally, anyone can become assertive. Anyone can start to set boundaries. You can, you can do it. You really can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to be, I mean, are you going to be successful 100% of the time? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But you're going to learn. That's the point. That's the beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I made a list of some things that uh, help make me a better person with boundaries. Number one, got to know myself better. Like, wow, that's vague. But uh, that really helped. I mean, what one thing that helped me a lot is sometimes when I feel like I'm in a season where things are just bugging me or that I'm bothered by stuff is I write it down and I try to really dig into it. Like, what is bothering me and why is that bothering me? And is there anything in that that's in my control? So I had a season at work where a lot of stuff was just getting under my skin. And I realized when I looked at it, that a lot of stuff I could have prevented. Like... A lot of things were happening that were things I just didn't take care of uh, when I could have taken care of them. A lot of it, I was new to my position, but that really helped me. Um, I got to know things that are just gonna make me upset. So like one of those is if someone has something go wrong because they are disorganized, that just really bothers me. But I can't control like my initial response of that bothering me, but I can control how I express that. And so when that happens, okay, I know I'm going to be really upset. So how can I control my emotions, take a step back and go help the person? So a lot, I've learned a lot through, I manage 
uh, several people that are older than me and in a very different job than I have and probably will ever have. And so I've learned a lot through that experience because it's just, yeah, it requires me really looking at myself so that I don't do something that will make the situation worse, such as be outwardly upset. So yeah, it, that's one way I've gotten to know myself better is looking at what makes me upset. And then also just like what really brings me joy. So, I mean, that's part of like this, like this podcast, like why does this make me so happy? Why does it make me so happy that I love to talk about like boundaries and being assertive and trying to define those things and then try to like pursue them more and people in my life that really bring me joy. I mean, love my husband. I love my family. I love my friends. So I should give them the time in my life and I should set boundaries that protect my time with them. But I think all that just takes like, you know, getting to know yourself, making space and just being purposeful about it. Like it doesn't have to be this whole magical thing about like discovering yourself. It's just literally like paying attention. Yeah. (coughs) Okay. My number two for how I became a better person with boundaries, therapy. I already kind of touched on that. It's just, I mean, therapists literally got hours upon hours of education about how to help you with things. So it's pretty great. I'm not currently seeing a therapist, but some days I'm like, oh, I just want to go see a therapist because like they're, you're paying them to literally listen to you for an hour at a time. Yeah. A hundred out of 10 would recommend therapy. Yeah. If I went to a therapist right now, they'd be like, what are you struggling with? And be like, eh, nothing in particular. I just thought we could chat for a while. I do that with my therapist. Like right now, I feel like I'm not actively uh, having a terrible time in my life, but that doesn't mean that I have to like, I don't need to wait to see her until my life is actively falling <laughs> apart. You know what I mean? Until you're like having a crisis, right? There are some weeks that I will go to therapy and I'm like, I don't really know what we're going to talk about today, but I always leave therapy feeling better. Even when I don't feel like I had anything, it, it's just, it does make me feel better. Everyone should do it. Right. I agree. Um, my number three is that I got better at spending time alone. And I think, I mean, that kind of fed into, like, getting to know myself better. I used to really hate being alone. Like, as a kid in high school, oh, couldn't stand it. And then now I'm like, check me out at home for days on end. (laughs) Someone's got to drag me out because I'm just like, I love reading books and painting my nails and other things like that. I I definitely became an introvert. Um, Number four, I found my voice. Learning what it's like to assert yourself to anyone and everyone. And that, that doesn't, again, I feel like assertive, fine line between aggressive, right? Being assertive is just saying what you want or what you need. And it's just saying it. It's just, <laughs> I think that people can really overcomplicate this, right? Question. Do you have an example off the top of your head of like a time that you were assertive about something, but it? how do you do it and you're not mean? Mm, okay. For me, two things that are most important when you choose to be assertive are when and how and then how you say it. For an example, anytime that I want to say something that's going to be assertive to my boss, I'm going to ask for a meeting. I'm not going to I'm not going to just like it out there. Like I'm not going to while we're sitting next to each other in our office be like, "Hey," and set a boundary with them right there. Like that's that can be very shocking for someone. So I have found it at least for me to to be like, "Hey, could you, do you have time today to meet later to discuss some things? Um, most bosses are going to be like, yeah. Or they're going to be like, not today. How about tomorrow? Okay, great. That also gives you time to like collect yourself. Like, you know, and like really have a plan for what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. So let's say that you have a part of your job that you don't like that you would like to not do anymore. I would, you know, say, hey, let's have this discussion, whatever. How I would say it is, 
just facts. Don't throw out there how you're feeling about anything. Because for a lot of people, that's going to disqualify what you're about to say. So uh, this isn't, this is true. I'm making this up. I'm in charge of posting on social media three times a week. I would like to not have that be part of my job anymore. And I would like to discuss how we could make that a reality for me. So some people might think that that's mean. So like one thing that you have to, I think has really helped me is like, you cannot control someone else's perception. Like, I wish you could, that'd be cool. So that could be shocking to somebody that you just said that. It could absolutely feel mean to them, but that's not like, it's not on you, right? So if you just say that, like say it and then shut up. Don't keep talking. And I know I'm sounding like harsh right now. I just think that this can like easily like roll out of control, for instance. So I've been posting on social media three times a week and I really don't like it and I don't really think I'm good at it. And I feel like it's just really been falling apart and I'm just not really into it. I don't want it to be part of my job anymore. So it leaves room for your boss to just be like, no, you are good at it. You can (laughs) do it. It's like, that's not what I'm trying to get at here. Right. And it also just like kind of makes you sound like, you know. So yeah, I think sticking to a basics of fact and then they're going to respond. And then, yeah, I think you should think through ahead of time. The most important thing is just like sticking to your guns about it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like a good way to try to set a boundary, but not set a boundary is like to ask for what you want and then have the person be like, oh, really? And then you go, oh, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like it does require a lot of like, if you're not confident about it, you're going to have to pretend and that's fine. I think another thing like along those same lines that's important about setting boundaries is just really like knowing what you want out of this situation. You have to teach yourself that saying facts and saying what you do and don't want is not mean. It is actually, I think, very, very nice because you give someone else the chance to know about you. You give someone else the chance to interact with you in a way that feels safe to you. You give someone else the chance to just know who you are. I could not tell you a single time where I have been assertive where I regret it. I just don't. And I think because oftentimes what I'm choosing to be assertive about are about things I really want and things I really desire. The only thing I've ever regretted is when I've crossed the line from assertive to aggressive. That's, you know, that's yeah. like, no, that's not great. You know? No, that's that's really good. The next one is um, I surrounded myself with people who, <laughs> the way I wrote this down is dumb, are going the same way, but I kind of mean it. So... Like just, you know, when, if you make a transition from being a pushover to setting boundaries and being assertive, it will shock some people. And some people won't, like that won't work for some people. A lot of people that they're like, cool, that's great. I love that. I love that you're telling me what you want and that I'm understanding you better. So yeah, and just surround myself with people that are like learning and growing. And I think that's a solid way to set better boundaries because it's easier to do so when you're around healthy people. And I think like in a lot of boundary like research, I think you'll find a lot of people say if people have a negative reaction to you setting boundaries, those are not people that respect you. Right. And you should cut them out of your life. Right. Right. Or find ways to engage with them differently. Yeah. It sounds super harsh, but like it's the truth. Right. Or you can assert yourself and with setting a boundary and saying to them based on this behavior, I don't feel respected by you, period. Okay, last one. Sounds counterintuitive, but it really helped me set better boundaries by working to be more open and vulnerable. So I think a lot of times we like associate setting a boundary with this like, like you're just saying something. But a lot of times it requires being vulnerable to say, 
when you set a boundary at work and say you can't, you don't want to do something or you feel like you can't handle something or you don't like it, you have to learn to be vulnerable with other people to set boundaries. And I think the better I've gotten at that, the easier it's been. It's also okay to be absolutely terrified of the word vulnerability. The list of things that you just said, really, really good hot tips. And they were different than the things that I was reading when I searched the word like, how to set boundaries online. You know what I mean? And online just sort of oversimplified it. And I think that this is a complicated process for somebody like me who is coming into boundaries as like, holy shit, I don't have any. There's no boundaries. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's hard. It's like really hard. Really good hot takes, Eliza. I thought that that was awesome. We are going to do offshoots of this. I think that this is a topic that at least I want to know more about. And I'm sure that, you know, there are, at least I freaking hope that I'm not the only one out here struggling with boundaries. So if you're with me, we're going to do some mini-sodes and we're going to dive in and learn more. I think it will be a good idea. I love that. That's awesome. Ooh, and we made an Instagram. So yes. now the yes. people can follow us on the Instagram. So it's at perfectly adequate pod. Perfectly adequate was already taken by somebody. So I had to put pod at the end. Well, so. perfectly adequate pod is perfectly adequate. So I love it. I think it's exactly. perfect. <laughs> All right. It's perfect. 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 And um, we're going to start posting more fun stuff on there. So and we'd love to like engage with everybody. Thank you so much to everyone who has reached out and talked to us about the podcast. It's like really... Um, I can't tell you how like warm it makes you feel inside when people message us about it because it's really strange like this podcasting is just a weird thing like that I mean Sarah and I talk and then we like put it out in the world and then yeah people listen to it but we don't get to see or hear your reaction like that that kind of like bums me out it's it's just weird so it makes us feel so good and it's super rewarding when you guys message us or tell us what you think. genuinely like please reach out to us and you know if you want to comment on our posts and tell us your story if you want to dm us at our new instagram and tell us like your reactions or your stories like we we want this to be an interactive experience and we want to hear from people so um yeah thanks for the support it's yeah. just so uh awesome to even think that people would think that what we have to say is interesting also um just a side note everybody if you could give us a podcast rating um on apple Podcasts and spotify if you want to throw up five stars yeah yeah that would be really nice if you did that Ooh, ooh, ooh. and then this is gonna be the longest outro ever (laughs) and then uh if you want to share about our podcast that'd be super fun too um yeah tell your friends if you have maybe listen with a friend if you like have something that you really (laughs) liked about something we said well this is all about sparking conversation so if you hear something and you're like man i just really want to share this with you i hope that it sparks meaningful conversations in your personal relationships yes i love that sarah you should do your radio voice to get us out of here oh well what would i even say If you liked what you heard today, please rate, subscribe, and share our podcast with the people you love. Thanks for listening. From Sarah and Eliza, we'll see you next time at Perfectly Adequate.